Okay, cool. How are you guys? Nice cats. We have there are oh, like yeah, three cats. See on the back. Yeah, uh, have two kittens that are ours, and my roommate also has a cat, and they run around all the time. Aww. Yeah. That. That's really cute. I wish I had a cat. My roommate's boyfriend has a cat who's in this box next to me. Let me actually see. <laughs> Okay. Here's the box. That's a cute. <laughs> She's insane. Okay, look. Yeah. <laughs> what a baby. Aww. Man, they love little name. side boxes. I respect your privacy though, so she doesn't know she's on a podcast or... <laughs> <laughs> She's so cute. She's a Halloween cat. I know. She's adorable. I you know at first me and this cat did not get along. And then I warmed up to the cat. Oh, gotcha. It was both of us. Like, I was like, <laughs> here's like my cockiness. I was like, who do you think you are that you are not being nice to me? <laughs> and uh, I think she had the same opinion. Or yeah, it's a she. So she's sweet. I like her now. We get along. But it's like cats are kind of like people, so. Yeah, yeah, they like are uh, very sensitive to vibes, you know? Cats know if you don't really want them to come over and say hi to you. Sometimes and they do it even more than, I don't know. No, and like, I have a feeling like, so here's what happened with me and her. It was like out of desperation, she like, her, her real dad is like my roommate and friend of 14 years, her boyfriend. The cat belongs to him. And he was gone for the weekend and so was she. So who's left? Who you gotta, who do you have to make friends with now? She comes <laughs> up and she starts cuddling with me for like no reason. And I was like, what's happening? I feel like we made love or something. It was not literally, but like psychically, like the cat and I like connected one morning and I was like, okay, well, I guess we like each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. But how are you guys feeling? Just right. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Uh, I think I was kind of a stick in the mud yesterday while everyone was celebrating because I'm kind of a big picture person and this is ultimately still very bad. Um, you know, what was really funny is like, I agree with you. That was my reaction at first as well too. But then I'm walking around Brooklyn and I'm seeing everybody just like celebrating. Everybody. It was cool. And it was incredibly inspiring just for me from the a collective point of view to see collective joy because we haven't had collective joy in years here. <clears throat> Everything changed when Trump got elected and then COVID happened. And it's like, Jesus Christ, give us a small win is a big win when you're like on the way to the right place because Biden is not the destination. He's like, um, he's like first base. See. I guess if I thought that Biden was like a step in the right direction, I would probably feel a little bit more at ease, like going out in the street and partying and stuff. And I like, I did like pop a bottle of champagne in the street yesterday and stuff, like have a good time and shit. But like, there is very much an argument you can make that this is kind of uh, like, there's a lot of bad outcomes from electing like a center of the road liberal 
Democrat that'll probably, probably, I mean, probably is a bad word. Nobody fucking knows. But, like, in my mind, it kind of seems like it's very likely that this will just result in, like, you know, something like a Trump, but more effective and more, uh, you know, less chaotic next time around. Yeah, it's so scary. Like, I fucking, like, I was like, well, I'm not going to say this out loud, but I wondered why Trump hadn't been assassinated. I was wondering. (laughs) It seems like everyone should hate him. And usually that's what happens. So I was like, well, obviously that's a terrible outcome as well because Mike Pence is like a scarier Trump because Mike Pence like is like repressed gay, um, dom, mortifying. Like I'd be terrified to be his wife. I'd actually wouldn't mind if I had to be Melania, I could do it. I'm thrilled I don't have to be her, though. I always hope she's hooking up with someone else at the White House. She seems like, I don't, I don't know. There, I mean, obviously, you never know what goes on in people's personal lives, but their marriage seems completely sexless to me. She seems like she's just, like, on her own track. I think you're right, dude. I, I think she's not horny, and neither is he. And, um, that's what, that's just what they do together. They just are together. He is like aesthetically, and she is aesthetically what they think is cool. Like he loves Russian shit, like always has. Like you look at his sense of taste and interior decor, it's literally like the corniest idea of Russian decadence you can imagine. And same with Melania. But Melania is sexy though. Like (laughs) Melania is really hot. Um, I find her hot, kind of. (laughs) Oh yeah, she's a Slovenian model, like a supermodel that he just went and got from a country where you can buy like a woman. Yo, he did mail order wife with her. Yeah. (laughs) A really advanced mail order wife with her. She was here already. I think she was in the United States for modeling. You know what I mean though? I mean like he did like, if he had less power, he would have been one of the guys who did that. But he has power, so he can just I think we know someone who did that. I'm not going to say his name. I'm not going to say his name. That's not wrong. I mean, depending on her. (laughs) Do you know about her her statue that they. No. So the town that she's from, it's like a small village. She there. When she was when she was elected, when he was elected and then she became the first lady some wood carving artist which i guess is like the you know the 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 thing that they do in that village he like carved a melania statue out of wood and then put it in the center of town and like people there don't like her but i think that it became a tourist attraction (laughs) because it's like their claim to fame now so there was this wood carving of her and it's very blocky and weird looks like a lego person and uh people defaced it by like um like painting a weird face on it and then setting it on fire like a like in the last year or two so the he had to come out and like cast it in iron and replace it with a eye like a bronze version of the wooden statue so there's this weird blocky like melania statue in slovenia in the small village now that looks like it's got one hand in the air it looks like satanic it's fucking weird <laughs> oh my god yeah 
Okay, I really would love to see what that looks like. Um, I can't wait to look it up later. It's very yeah. odd. I, that's my spirit animal is like that statue of Melania that's been ripped apart, cast in iron, and then <laughs> it's like <laughs> you can't, you literally actually can't. Yeah, I don't like the idea of being destroyed, but I like the idea of getting close to being destroyed. Yeah, I feel that. I think we all do. I think that's a very human impulse. I was thinking about, I mean, I used to have like jokes about this. Like people love being pushed to the brink. They either love feeling like they're about to die or about to kill someone. But I don't think anybody wants either, but they like being close to it. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I don't feel like, I, I definitely have had moments of anger in my life where I felt like, you know, had I no morals that I would have like uh, killed someone. Yeah. I mean, I do. Like, I don't, no, I never want to kill anyone. That's the, also my thing with abortion, Kate. Like, I don't know if you've talked or thought about it much, but like, I'm amazed that like abortion is no longer an issue like publicly because I think there's a really interesting conversation to still be had about abortion that like people aren't having. I like, I don't think it's as simple as pro-life and pro-choice. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, you know, I definitely think that I mean, I think that, you know, it, pregnancy, birth, like, it makes sense to have really complex feelings about that. I just think that the, the state has, has... Nothing to do with it. Oh, 100%. I'm, the conclusion I reach is the same conclusion. I just get there differently. And, like, I do think what matters often is the way you get there because... I think if you oversimplify any issue, and I think this is a problem in culture right now, like if you oversimplify things in a bad faith way, you don't actually really get to convert anyone like deeply. Like, and I think, I think like it's important to be able to speak in a nuanced way uh, sometimes on a podcast, not in comedy. Comedy is about not being nuanced. Comedy is about being like ridiculous, but um <laughs> abortion I actually almost had to have one when I was like 18 or something and it was a nightmare for me emotionally um because I obviously didn't want to have a child and I all couldn't have and I shouldn't have uh and I all I tried to get an abortion quickly and they told me that the fetus was not developed enough and that I should come back in two weeks why if you know I'm pregnant why aren't you just scraping out my cervix like I asked you to? <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, yeah it's fucking weird, but it's actually the law, I think, because I don't know why, I don't, there's probably good reasoning about it that I don't know. Like, I'd love to hear a doctor explain it to me, honestly, but I ended up having a miscarriage, which was absolutely great. I was thrilled I had a miscarriage. <laughs> Yay, miscarriage. I don't have to get an abortion. So that's really how I feel. It's like, of course I'm gonna have to do it, but. I don't want to. There's a really good book uh, by an author named Jenny Brown called Without Apology that um, is a really thoughtful look at how uh, the, kind of the, the history of uh, the way that abortion is discussed um, in the United States. And, you know, definitely go. Folks who want to learn more about this, for sure, read her book because it's awesome. And I may be getting some things wrong here, but from what I remember, um, it wasn't like 
until, I don't know, like sometime mid-20th century that abortion really became the contentious issue that it is today. Even among uh, Christians, it wow. was just like not, it was not a, a thing, you know, well, it wasn't I something you people was... focused on and yeah. turning it into this like very polarizing issue yeah. was a deliberate political decision. Like even in the early United States, like it was legal to have an abortion. Um, mm. it was, something that people did and uh yeah it just didn't this the the way that everything's politicized but everything is political you know i was thinking this uh there's a very similar story about children's clothing children's clothing was basically progressive clothing today up until like the 1900s children's clothing used to be unisex it used to like ungendered it used to be just like all boys and all little girls all wore like basically dresses, like white little dresses. <laughs> like, yes. And like, so what started happening was, you know, clothing becomes gendered the older you get. And then like, I read a column. It was like somebody wrote into an advice column saying, oh, my son is getting older. Should I start dressing my son like a boy? And uh, the response was, oh, he will, he will start dressing himself as a boy. Just wait and see how he dresses himself. <laughs> and that was what they were saying over a hundred years ago, dude. And oh, like, so you think of that as progressive now, but it's, it's all these ideas are cyclical. Yeah. Is that, um, that, that's probably around the time that the pink and blue thing happened, right? Because they switched. Well, they do but- it so they can sell clothes right so yeah. there, there's a market incentive to create this problem for people to solve right. oh, nobody can know my child is a girl and they need to know the child is a boy why why does anybody need to know anything about the gender of your child <laughs> and i'm not saying that in a woke way i just find it like really annoying that like any company would think that i need to tell anybody anything <laughs> yeah you, know, like, you, you make a good point you know it's like why And and conversely, like, I'm not like against gendering things like I have a gender for real. And I respect if people don't, but like, I have a gender. So if you don't like that, that's a you problem. I like identify as a woman, and I'm pretty feminine. Maybe you can't tell because I'm yelling. But, you know, I'm like, I get really offended when people like, acts like I'm regressive for like just having an identity like that's the whole problem is like people should be able to do whatever they want within reason I, I haven't I don't think I've encountered that I don't think that I have I mean I'm trying to think I don't think I've ever I mean because I also you know I'm I'm cisgendered and I identify as a woman and I but I don't think I mean I don't think that anyone has ever Of course not in person. But people I think do take like heterosexuality as an affront to homosexuality when they don't need to like, because, you know, you hear it all the time, basically, like, but also you hear complaints from heteros about gay people too, the queer agenda or whatever. What the fuck? But also like the hetero agenda also is a thing. But like, I don't know, like, 
I'm not oppressing you, so leave me alone. That's how I feel. Because, you know, I don't know, nobody's doing this to me. It's just, I see it in culture. And so when I see it playing out online, I feel like attacked or something, I think. You know how it feels when you relate to the internet too much? Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, I, I identify as bisexual, so, you know, I'm really just, uh, I, I think everyone hates bisexuals, uh, except for maybe the other bisexuals. <laughs> yeah, she had her get off the pot or whatever. I have, like, bisexual vibes, but I'm not. It's kind of funny. I had to figure that out. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? I also used to think I was maybe in love with my male friends, but I actually wasn't. I just like love them as friends. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that one's a, so I, there's definitely a lot of people that I just feel like a, a sibling type of love for, for sure. Like deeply sibling like. Yeah. Sometimes that happens too after you hook up with someone a few times, like they become your sibling. Really? No. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> it's like making noise. Have you guys been doing stand-up lately? Or what have you been doing creatively? Uh, I've been doing some outside shows and some Zoom shows. Kind of a, a mix. These shows probably a week. Uh, you know, definitely a different pace than before uh, COVID, for sure. Um, I've been do uh, doing Zoom shows a bit. I haven't really done any outside stand-up. I think I'm going to do, like, one show probably before everything shuts down for the winter. But, uh, no, mostly with COVID, like, I was doing so much stand-up and was so busy with it before the lockdown happened that I had, I think, no problem going into lockdown and then just, like, moving all that energy in different directions and getting into other projects and stuff and just working on like podcasting and reading and stuff i agree because the problem with me is like i actually prefer in person all the time like i love stand-up but i'm like it's actually not the best form for me as a creative to grow the internet is much better for me yeah i like i like i i love stand-up but the the career part of it where there's like this required inertia, you know, in order to be a comedian, you have to constantly be doing it. And if you stop, you are relative to everyone else quitting stand up, right? Because everyone else keeps going while you have stopped for a week or whatever. That like fact about it sucks, but it makes it to where it consumes a lot of time. And there's just only so much time in a day that you're or in a week or a month that you're like able to do certain things. It functionally eats up your ability to have like any other projects in your life it's very monolithic you know and uh i was kind of oddly really excited when everyone had to stop at the same time because it means that if you want to do something else right now you're free to do it without the guilt of like oh i'm falling behind everyone who's you know in comedy or whatever for me because i did that guilt with myself so much i was like i have a day job it's hard and demanding i can't be out all night I love to drink. I shouldn't be drinking. This is something I just learned. You want to hear something really bad I did a few days ago? I yes. accidentally <laughs> walked out and heckled somebody I love. You what? You heckled somebody? I heckled a comedian. <laughs> what, like a live show? What happened? 
I don't remember. <laughs> I apologize oh, for the next day. Like, heckling another comedian. That's. <laughs> well, how do you know that you I can't be drinking, guys? Because that's not appropriate. I don't understand why I did that. I like the comedian. And I told the comedian, I have no idea why I did that to you. I am so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. And I'm going to stop drinking. And so what I've been doing, unfortunately, the last week is like being sober one day and then not the next and then sober the next. And I have to level out. Like, dude, I got to level out. Yeah. That's not healthy. <laughs> I mean, I need yeah. to decide. I, need, I can't be like uh, chaotically bisexual regarding alcohol. I have to like... <laughs> decide to stop drinking or decide to continue but be reasonable and i think the answer is to stop i didn't drink for 10 years what yeah i i did not drink for 10 years and uh when you were a child just no kidding. no no um, and when i was in i mean recently the last 10 years i uh yeah i was i i did like six years no alcohol, no drugs whatsoever. Then I started uh, experimenting with psychedelics a little bit and occasional marijuana. Um, and then I decided to try and see if I could uh, drink alcohol in moderation because I wasn't really sure if when I was like younger, if I was just like being like a chaotic 20 something and you know I'm, I'm like kind of trying it out but I mean I definitely I don't feel like I really missed anything by not drinking I had a good no, time like I was a kid and I didn't drink and I had a great time and I think that's a thing I think I use alcohol unfortunately both to celebrate and to cope and sometimes when you're doing both at once which is what happened to me I think that night that I heckled that guy I was having a good time I was not upset when I arrived but I think under the current, like the, the political climate right now is really hard. And like, I was going through some personal stuff and that was hard. So I was like definitely under the surface dealing with a lot, even if I thought I felt good, I was actually dealing with a lot. So it was not a good idea for me to drink on that night. Yeah, that is definitely a thing with drinking where like, I think the, the bad thing about it is kind of the same as the good thing about it. To where, like it just becomes very, like it kind of puts you in touch with like whatever you're feeling at a deeper level, you know? And I think that like, it makes it like easier to express yourself in some ways. Uh, it removes the filter, but you know, that's, that's a good and a bad, right? Because sometimes it's like not, sometimes Productive. you don't want the filter, but we have a filter for a reason, you know? I yeah. Also, with COVID, like all the abstraction has been taken out of drinking. Like it used to be that you would go to a bar and there would kind of be this social ritual around it, where it was just it was happening, but it was happening in the background of like hanging out, you know. But like now, with things being very much more individualized, you really have to go to a gas station and buy a beer and then look at it and go what am i doing and why am i doing this twice a week or three times a week or seven times a week or whatever it just it took a uh, enough of the mystique away from it to kind of make it more obvious like what you're coping with or whatever which is you know also part of life like it's fine but it's just weirder to look in the face every time you do it I know. 
And both my parents are pretty stubborn and independent and they drink both to cope and to celebrate too. And I would not describe either of them as an alcoholic and they're very high functioning in terms of like their ability to get things done. My dad's a doctor, my mom's a nurse. They work really hard, but um, I noticed I was like, oh, both my parents can and do drink alone. And now so do I. And sometimes I don't, I drink in moderation, but sometimes I don't. And um, I know it's true for them as well. And uh, I don't know, I just care a lot about taking care of myself, you know, like a lot, so much because like, if you don't take care of yourself, no one else will. That's the reality. Yeah. That, no, that's definitely true. Also, I have a question. Can you hear our cat yelling? No. Okay, good. It's not coming over the mic. Okay, good. <laughs> She's making a lot of noise in here, so I threw her out. And now she's screaming at the door because she is. We're in here, and she's not allowed. Yeah. 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 The cat's getting drunk. She's yeah. coping. Yeah. <laughs> she's coping with her own quarantine from. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like kind of like back to the to the like taking care of yourself thing. It's like I think that one of the things that's been really for people about the pandemic is like I don't know at least I have felt at certain points like a complete like what the fuck is the point of taking care of myself or being you know productive or whatever because it's like I used to be you know I used to what are your reasons for that now every day you know and now it's like I'm just in I can you can just stay in your pajamas all day you can just like you know sort of like uh let yourself crumble if you want to. I know. But then I think I did that for real for two months. Yeah, I exactly. did that for real. February and March. I think I had one or two outfits and that people would be like, you 